the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Today, we're throwing it back to a presentation from MaxLawCon 2019. In this episode, our panel of experts discuss email marketing tips, tricks, and strategies. Let's get to it. Email marketing is what kind of what it sounds like. You send an email to your people. But the way I personally like to define it is finding interesting things that you think your audience or your clients, even your colleagues and your friends would enjoy reading and sending them these great tidbits of information. Personally, a lot of the people that I try to help with their own email marketing, we, we really like to focus on storytelling and talking about all the wonderful people in your own life and highlighting their great greatness to others. Andy, you're a great email marketer. You email very frequently. Talk to us a little bit about your mindset with email marketing. My philosophy with email marketing is a little different than most people's. What I try to do in my marketing is I, I email every single, every single day. If you're on my email list, you're going to get an email from me. And what I found is that I actually have an, a higher open rate than the industry averages. My, my open rate's about 30%, which is a really high number for emails. And the way that I do it is I make sure that every single, and I kind of talked about it in my presentation, but I always try to make sure that I'm always solving some sort of small problem in my video. So my subject line is something that's basically, do you have this problem? And then I've got like, you know, two or three lines that are basically talking about the problem and hey, in this video, you're going to learn the solution. So it's basically all curiosity based and it's all solving a problem that they have. And it works really well. And, and I do it every single day because I know that I only get 30% open rate. Um, which is high, but that means that 70% of people that get my emails don't open it on any given day. So if I were to email like once a week, for example, then I'm only reaching 30% of my, my list once a week. But because I email every single day, it's a different 30%. So I'm actually reaching people multiple times per week, even if they only see me once or twice a week. And because I provide value and basically just tell them how to solve a problem and I don't actually pitch anything, then nobody seems to mind that I do it every day. Gary, talk to us about what Andy just said about not pitching anything. Do you think that's important? Out of um, hundreds of emails, maybe I said that I co-counsel with other lawyers in cases once or twice. That's not the message. They don't care. Everybody else says that. You get every other message, every other ad saying, here's my greatest million-dollar verdict and and send me cases, and it's about me, me, me. No. So I, I don't sell anything. I just talk 
I, I, I just talk about myself and my family and, I, and my life, and I talk about my, I talk about different legal stuff, but I balance the two, but I never sell. They, people know what I do, and they know it's uh, subtle. You want to develop good, real relationships, that's the point. Whether it leads to business is secondary. Let's take a hypothetical newer lawyer like my man Matt from Texas. Let's say Matt wanted to start doing regular email marketing. What, if, if he were sitting up here with us, what would be your advice to him as far as how to build an email list? Well, that's the first thing is get your list together and you sit there and you go, you go through first name, last name, and you do email list and you work at it and you make sure it's right. And that's your, any market, before you go outside to market, you got to get your house in order and get it internally. I've spent a lot of time on my lists and I redo them and I revisit them. And then you want to, you're going to tag, you're going to say, you want to tag them or mark them in terms of what relationship you have with them. What's tagging? Well, it, it's in different email marketing systems. So you could, you're, are you a lawyer? Are they a client? Are they a new client? Are they a former client? Are they a friend? I have lists. I have like my fundraiser friends that I have a list for. I have my Christmas list friends. I have my lawyers. I have this. And I don't parse it out like some folks do because as I've done these email newsletters more, I found that although initially I wanted to do different ones, my messages are universal. So when I write, I want to write whether it's a lawyer or a client, whoever, I want to talk to them the same way. I don't want to dumb it down for non-lawyers, and I don't want to be not do personal stuff to lawyers. I want it to be a universal message. Andy, how about you? What would your advice be to Matt? Well, I'm a little bit different. What I try to do is I build my list just basically by kind of trying to find, I kind of reverse engineer my audience. Like, so for example, we have a, a motorcycle attorney right now. He, he's trying to get clients that have been in motorcycle accidents. So what we did is we kind of reversed engineered and we're trying to build a list for him. So we basically thought, okay, who are the types of people that you most want to, to, to market to? And what we determined is that people that are ages 45 and older are typically his best clients. Uh, in terms of, of motorcycle accidents. So we think, okay, what is a 45-year-old who rides a motorcycle, what are they interested in? And we found that people that are over the age of 45, they get in more accidents than younger people, even though younger people are usually more, more risky. But the numbers show that, that 45 and up is who actually is getting in the more serious accidents. And they're really interested in safety. So we created a guide that we at, run Facebook ads to and it says, download our free guide that's going to show you seven things you need to know before the next time you get on your motorcycle. So they click on the ad, they enter their information, and now they're on the list. And that's how we build an email list for him. And I, I think he's paying, I think we're at like 85 cent opt-ins right now for him. So he spends like 30, 40 bucks a day. I can't remember what the budget is. But every day we're actually targeting the right audience using Facebook targeting. And then we bring them in by helping them, again, with like a solution to a small problem. So we give this free guide that teaches them how to stay safe on their motorcycle. So it's an active audience, and it's a really good way to build a campaign if you don't have a following, because most people out there don't want to get started, because like, well, I want to start, but I don't. nobody knows who I am. So it's fine, nobody knew who I was either. I just started running ads and people, and providing value, and then people started knowing who I was. So that's the way that I run, that I build my list. I'm up to about 10,000 lawyers on my list. He's, I mean, we've been running for a couple, couple weeks now, and he's already over like 500 people that ride motorcycles that are over the age of uh, 45 on his list. So that's how I do it, just, just through Facebook ads. Annika, any other thoughts on building a list? 
Yeah, well, I think one of the most important things to do before you start an email newsletter is to figure out what your own firm's main core message is. So in the conversations I've had with countless attorneys, they always, you know, you always hear the same thing. I've been practicing for 35 years. I went to this law school. These are my verdicts. Well, most people don't want to have to hire an attorney. You're automatically at a disadvantage because nobody really wants the problem that they're dealing with. So until they're dealing with that problem, you know, all attorneys kind of seem the same. So how do you differentiate yourself before someone has the problem that they need you for? You're going to want to stay in front of them, you know, brand awareness that email marketing provides. I mean, obviously it's very good and you're, you're constantly touching people ahead of time so that when they do need you, they remember you. Well, you have to be memorable in the message that you create. So you don't want to talk about your verdicts and you know how long you've been practicing, things like that. That's a given. Those are, everybody should have those things in their back pocket on their website. But your overall message of wanting to help others, wanting to give back, wanting to care about humanity in the first place will set you aside. So how do you create that message very concisely and attach it to your own personal story about why you became an attorney is important to figure out first so that that tone and that theme can be kind of underlying in every email that you send out. So it's kind of a, that extra level of, of awareness, I guess. Andy, talk to me a little bit about uh, the interaction, like trying to start a conversation with people through your email. Have you, have you used that as a tactic? Is that sort of part of your mindset as how do I get people to engage? Or are you just looking to broadcast and don't really care if you get feedback? I typically, so my goal is not necessarily to get people to read my email. My goal is to get people to open my email and do something else. Like uh, open my email and then click on the video and then go watch my YouTube channel and then subscribe on YouTube. Or you know, go to my Facebook uh, Facebook group and join my Facebook group. So, I'll encourage I'll encourage action that way. But I, I don't really write long emails. My emails are usually like very curiosity based. So you know, it's like I did something the other day about website sliders, um, about how if you have a website slider, which is where the image on your header, if it changes and changes and changes, it, it kills your conversions. So I did an email. The subject line: Do you have this uh, conversion killer on your website? And then the, lo- the body of the email was something really short, like a lot of lawyers have this one feature on their website that if they remove it would probably double their new clients or, or whatever I said. Something that makes you look at that and be like, oh wait, do I have that on my website? So then you have to watch the video. And then from there, the reason I do all video instead of blog posts and things like that is because I want people to kind of start developing a relationship with me where they, they hear my voice, they see how I talk, they know my uh, mannerisms, they, they know that I say um all the time, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, and when that starts happening, they start building a relationship with me. Like I, I talk to people all the time that say, oh, I've, I've watched you know, hundreds of your videos, I feel like I know you already. So that's kind of how I get that interaction. It's basically, and then whenever someone comments or anything like that, I always make sure to, to, to leave, uh, to, to, to respond and all that stuff. But it's more basically trying to use that interaction to get them to do something else that will then you know, build a relationship where they kind of look at me as kind of the, uh, someone that they know. Gary, what's, what are you thinking about when you're working on your subject line and when you're working on your content as far as trying to get uh, interaction? They don't care about the law. They care about your personal stories, different things that happen to you. That's the key. Uh, that's the short answer. Can I answer your other question better too? Sure. So I do all kinds of stuff to make my list. Everybody that you touch, everybody you interact, they go into your list. 
you put their stuff in and you reach out to them. You, have a, you develop a system in your office where you have people collecting your old emails. Hey, to every other defense lawyer we've interacted with in the last three months, I want them in there, I want them tagged as this, let's get it done, report to me. You have spreadsheets. We go through, we get new lawyers admitted to the bar, we put them in. People on this list, uh, people here that I interact with, I sent, uh, we had a, I, got, I was a group email with the speakers, and I did this yesterday. I said, I want all the speakers. I want you to find them. I want you to put them on the list. I want you to, and then we're going to, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, and I've met all you, I'm going to go Google review you guys, and I'm going to ask you to Google review me. So that, that's a little bit off, but, but so uh, that's what I do with my list. On the interaction, I, it happens all the time. The person who, I'm a big scuba diver, and I do scuba diving stuff, and the divers talk to me. I take care of bees. The B people talk to me. I have a family, and the kid likes my pictures. My my the Let's Go Blues. The Blues are playing. Different people. You resonate just like in life. You talking to Annika's Different stuff resonate with us, and that's what we talk about. It's the same thing through an email conversation. Annika, I think a lot of times if you have a call to action in the subject line or in the um, preview text. So you know if you open if you're scrolling through your phone. Most of us read our emails on our phone, I mean, let's face it. So you see the subject line, but then there's a, two or three lines of preview text that you can't see once you open the email, but you can see it while it's in the feed. So if you have a, a subtle call to action that's still interesting, um, that makes a difference. Like for instance, we do a weekly email with Don and Edith McClure, they're out of Houston, it's called the Friday Five. And it's literally five things that is going to help your life in some way. Sometimes it's kitchen hacks, like one kitchen hack. It's how to save money. It's how to teach your kids about goals. It's how to, you know, we always do pepper in, you know, one about what to do if you're injured in a car accident or, you know, something related to the firm. But it's just interesting stuff. So, um, but we use the preview text for, to give a little teaser of what's going to be in the email enticing people to open. And we pair it with video. So, they do this weekly video and everybody gets excited to see what they're going to do next. It's fun. All right. So let's talk about drip campaigns and about the power of tagging. So Gary talked about tagging. And last week, Tyson and I were with a bunch of lawyers uh, for Gary CLE. And when we were talking to them about email and marketing, their eyes sort of glazed over. So I think that our group here is a little bit more sophisticated. But let's talk a little bit about what you can do with tags and how you can separate out your list or, or have p particular campaigns like for motorcycle accidents. I don't do a whole lot of tagging. I mean, I, I kind of, like, for, for, okay, so for my personal stuff, I, I'm, I'm mostly targeting lawyers. So what I, I suppose I could do is I, I could take the, the same approach that, that you take where you're, you're sending, you're tagging different types, you know, personal injury lawyers uh, go in one sequence, you know, immigration attorneys in another sequence. But I don't do a whole lot of that, but that, that's definitely one way you could do it. I, I'm a big fan of kind of keeping things simple. So... I'll use tags and then I'll create, and it's a little more advanced, but like I use something called Active Campaign, which is, is really easy to use once you kind of figure it out. But what you can do is, uh, what I do with tags, and I do this for our clients and I do it for myself, is I'll send the same emails, but then I'll put things in the, fo in the, the footer of the, of the email that are tag dependent. So when someone buys a copy of my book, for example, if they have not bought my book, then I have a, a piece in the footer that's gonna say, if they haven't bought the book, show them this, this line that says, you know, did you know I have a book out? And then once they buy the book, they get tagged as a book buyer. And then 
I have, uh, and then in the, email, the same email, it'll say if they have bought the book, if they're tagged book buyer, then show them the line to join my Facebook group or whatever I'm doing that way. So I don't actually do new emails, but I'll use tags for subtle things so that you're not seeing uh, promotions for the same products that you've already purchased. So that's a good way to do it. With lawyers, it's a little different. You could maybe go in and manually tag people as client versus non-client, and you can put in your footers, if they're a client, you know, you want it to say this. If they're not a client, you want it to say that. That's probably the best way that I would do it. And then, you know, there's a million different things you can do if, you, if you're creative with it, but that's kind of how I do it. Annika? Yeah, so I have to give a shout out to the lawman, Bill Umansky, in Orlando, Florida, because he is like the king of tagging. He has totally organized his email newsletter list, which has I want to say upwards of 20,000 people on it. And he has everything from his Rotary people to his British people to his French people, clients, old clients, new clients. It's awesome. So he does emails targeted to each of those different groups based on you know the sub- different subject matter. But one thing that we also like to do is we take his regular newsletter, his monthly print newsletter, and we digitize it. So we give out an electronic version of that same thing. And he, ha- but the fact that he has it so organized lets, allows us to not send that regular e-newsletter to the people that are overseas. It won't just won't make a lot of sense. So, yes, think about tagging in terms of like what message you want to get in front of people. But also, there might be some messages that you don't want to go to some people. So think about tagging in that, you know, in terms in those terms as well, because sometimes you just you don't want them to get that same message for whatever reason. I have 27,000 people. I also am a class action lawyer, so I have probably 6,000 people tagged in a different class. And so as I manage that class, they're all tagged that way. I don't market to them otherwise, but I send them updates on on a class action case. If I bring in a new client, they're automatically going to be tagged. Everybody's tagged as a new client. They get about five or six emails over eight days because I want to fight buyer's remorse. And I want the videos, it's connecting to videos, it's connecting to to-dos, it's email, it's that these are who are working for you. And then they'll go into a sequence of auto, slip and fall, med mal, general PI. And then over then, then they'll, over about six months, they'll get 30, 20 to 30 day emails. So by the end of the time they're done treating, they, I've educated them on auto, slip and fall, these other things, and, they, and, and they'll send it back. You know, keep me updated on your medical, that kind of stuff. That's in addition to the newsletters that they get biweekly. I do an every other week email. I know you do a weekly one. People don't remember the, time, the timing of it, though it's funny. So I do tag in different ways, but there, there's some tagging thoughts. I believe the cardinal sin of email marketing is being boring. Can you guys talk about being boring or talking too much? I mean, we've talked a lot this morning already about talking too much about yourselves, but just generally, Andy, if you had clients that were maybe a little too boring or how do you sort of spot it? What do you say to them? How do you encourage them to get away from that? Yeah, I always tell people that, you know, uh, and, and Annika touched on this also, nobody wants to hire a lawyer. At the end of the day, nobody, you know, they want the benefit that hiring a lawyer brings them. So somebody told me, I heard an analogy where if, if holes dug themselves, no one would ever buy a shovel, you know? So you've got to stop making it about yourself. And like, like she said, nobody, you know, it's like awards are, are great and everything, but nobody cares. At the end of the day, people just have problems and they need solutions to their problems. So the way that I do it all the time by the way is I just use, I, 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 I'll lead with curiosity 
and I'll, I'll have it be a solution to a problem that I know lawyers have. And that's like, if you look at my book, my book is called How to Get More Law Firm Clients Without Losing Time and Money or Getting Screwed by a Marketing Company. Who here can relate to that title as a lawyer? You know, so like I've done my research. I know my clients. I know what my clients want, or, or not just my clients, but I know who my I know what my audience wants. So I know my audience. And when you speak, when everything you do, it's kind of like that. That's kind of the grand theme of everything that I do. It's how to get clients. It's how to do it without wasting time. How to do it without wasting money. And how you're how, how to make sure that you never get screwed by a marketing company again. So everything that I do kind of falls within one of those types of things. So I know that's what people want, and then I give them that, and that's how I, I put that in the subject, combined with some curiosity, and it works really well. I, I learned not to be boring because I'd sent an email, and Jim had sent me one and said, that's really boring. So I learned from messing up. And you can learn it. You can look at your open rates. You can look at what people, who's interested in what. You can learn how to, you'd learn how to do a subject line. Never, when I do an email, I never have a paragraph that's more than four lines, and most of the times there's three. Jim does a sentence, a paragraph. You intersperse with pictures. I do talk about myself, but I don't talk about my, I talk about cool stuff that I do. I try to talk about universal stuff that I do. I, my last email, I got, got rear-ended and I had to chase the person down, and I, and, and I, and I, and I chased him and I took their picture and that I found That was great. Them. Yeah, and so that, and I'm a car crash lawyer. I'm like, are you kidding me? And, and, and so, and you know, and, and so I just try to do interesting stuff, but I also don't do it too much. And then I have, I have my wife will read it before I send it, and she'll be like, whatever, so I'll change it. Um, and, then I enter, and then I do legal stuff, but you got to talk about the law in an interesting way that's universal so that if you're a divorce lawyer and I'm talking about a personal injury issue, you still get the lesson. And I also talk about my failures too as a lawyer because we learn from our failures too and people like that too. I had the second biggest verdict in Missouri last year, but I also had the fifth worst defense verdict against me. I got, a, I got defense verdict in a med mal case, and, and that happens if you try cases. And so my, one of the favorite thing I was was the successes and the failures, and people love that. And when people come up and get my email, um, they don't talk about um, anything about the law. It's about the bees or the diving or this or that. And then the, and I'm, one other thing, though, is when I'm settling cases and talking to other lawyers, I do these emails to everybody in this community, and so and everybody knows it. So I, they, we, when we're talking about confidentiality and stuff, I joke. I say, no, I'm not doing confidentiality, and you're going to be in my Monday email. <laughs> can, I, can I say something sure. about that? That's actually a really good point, is if you talk about char like character flaws, a lot of people want to make, make themselves seem perfect. And what I found is that I, I get better feedback on the videos where like my dog is barking in the background or my daughter's like crawling through the back trying to not get on camera and she's clearly on the camera. You know, like those types of email, those types of videos, when, when that type of stuff happens, it shows you that you're a real person. Because everybody, nobody's perfect, you know? And like, what do you call perfect people? And when, when you're a kid, you call them goody two-shoes. Nobody likes perfect people because you can't relate to a perfect person. So exactly, if you tell stories like, you know, th that you're not perfect and you show your, your, your vulnerabilities and you show, your, you show that not everything you do is 100%, I think people relate to that a lot better and you get better results. Two things. One, always have a running list of things that you think might be interesting to talk about. Good examples in the is the Friday Five. When I'm scrolling through Apple News in the morning when I wake up, if there's an article that just I click on because it's interesting to me, or if I feel like it could be interesting to some of my clients' readers, I keep a running like Friday Five file, and I always have these links to interesting articles that might come up later, you know, 
weeks later. And two, on that same list of ideas, think about the things that you've talked about during the day, who you've interacted with, what your kids have to say at the end of the school day, what a problem might be that they dealt with, or, you know, a story that your grandma told you when you went to visit her at the nursing home, like all of those things that you would find interesting in conversation with other people, keep a running list of those because they might come in handy for email newsletters later. Speaking about defeats, I sent one out a couple weeks ago after I did the Tough Mudder, and I talked about how last year I ran up the wall and slid down the wall, ran up the wall, and I've got more comments about the failures on the wall than the actual success, so that's good stuff. All right, now, when we had our meeting, I believe it was you, Andy, somebody talked about the Seinfeld sequence. Was that you? Can you talk about that? Yeah, so the Seinfeld sequence is basically, it's kind of the idea that, like, you basically take something that's not related to anything that you do and relate it to to, to the law, basically, or to, to your practice area or, or some sort of lesson. And the idea comes down to that with Seinfeld, those episodes were really never about anything. You know, so like what you can do, like, like if I was going to write an email for Jim, I would write an email talking about, uh, you know, it would start with a picture of Jim covered in mud at the Tough Mudder. You know, or was it, it was sport, sport, was it, uh, was it Tough Mudder? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? You know, and, and if, you have, if you have a gif of him going up and sliding down and going up and sliding down, that just played over and over, that'd be even better. But you, you basically say, you know, I did this thing today, I've never done it before, and I, I ran up the wall and I slid down, and then I ran up the wall and I slid down, and I looked around and everybody was kind of, I was like, oh, I gotta make it over this wall. And that reminds me of this case that we had a couple of weeks ago where, you know, the, a client of ours, you know, they, they were trying to file for this, this visa and it got denied. And, you know, they, they so, so what we did is we went to this next step and we tried this other thing and we tried again and we tried really hard and we worked, you know, all this time and it got denied again. And then finally we did this, 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 and it finally got over and we finally got over the wall, you know, and I felt, I, and, and I, that client Literally. Exactly, you know, so like, and I'm just coming up with it. I mean, if I was actually, if I was actually writing this out, it'd be better. But you can take that story and you can relate it to applying over and over and over again until you finally get over the wall, you know what I mean? And like stories like that, especially when it's related to you and related to something that happened to you, and if you have pictures to, to even kind of support it, it just works really well. And then, you know, so it's just basically take anything that happens in your daily life and relate it to something that, some message that you want to get to, the, to, to people instead of just saying, you know, we will file appeals on your behalf if this happens. You know, tell a story and, and, and relate it to, to somebody. Annika, can you talk a little bit about lawyers telling client success stories in their newsletters? So instead of coming right out and just saying, oh, this person had these wonderful, great things to say about me, one way that we kind of try to turn the tables just a little bit is we focus on what their worry or stressor was before they even thought that they needed an attorney. So immediately after the accident, not only did you feel physical pain, but you were freaking out. You couldn't sleep because you couldn't figure out how your bills were gonna be paid since you couldn't work. You didn't really know what to do because you had nobody to help take care of you and you know your wife was working and your kids are still screaming and they're still hungry and you still need to go about your life. What are all the worries, right? Then what was it that made you make the decision to call the attorney? Was it a friend or a family member or you know, a review that they might have read? And then how was their life different after the fact? You know, how, is, how, is, how have things changed from then until now? You leave that middle portion about how you helped kind of vague because that's assumed that the only reason that you're able to tell the story is because they were your client and they helped. So in a roundabout way, you are sharing the testimonial, but you're putting the focus on the client 
and their stress and their worry and, and it's coming off as more caring, but you're also kind of tuning your own, own horn in a, in a roundabout way, but keep the focus on the client. Gary? I tell the client stories a lot. My message is I do talk about what I do because it's important People think that if you get hurt or something, they should pay you, and that's just not true. We fight so hard to get these folks full compensation for their injuries, and you're fighting against these the, the big insurance companies, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I, I want the message to be, it's not about what I did necessarily, because there's other great lawyers, but that we took the fight. We took it to the mat. I hate, you get into what's your why, too, when you do these things. Like, I hate bullies, and I hate the little men getting bossed around by these big companies, insurance companies, and we stand up to them and we empower them and, and we show that it was hard and it was a long battle, but we did get it and we take offers. You, I, I'll put a picture of the offer letter of $1,000 and then I'll say how we got them the policy limit $100,000 settlement. So we show tangible results. And I do these in videos too where, so that people, because when people are hurt, Annika's right, and, and is they have, it's highly stressed, they all face similar things if you do enough of these cases. And so it's a universal message and so you want to, teach either through your videos or through your messaging, you want to teach the public that they have rights and that they can stand up and that lawyers facilitate that and are their champion. But really, you're absolutely right because, so let's just say that this, this happy client want, recognizes the fact that maybe their friend or family member is going through the same thing that they did and they need a, need a lawyer. The way that you're describing it would help that happy client explain to the potential client exactly what that person is going to do for them to help push them over the edge and, and buy, if you will. So, good point. You need to teach lessons. These all, Everybody, when they're injured, they have a it's, a, it's a catastrophic financial hit to them. They need to manage that. They need to manage their injuries. There's a lot of things they need to manage, whether it's a divorce or bankruptcy or intellectual property. Whenever you, when if, if you've represented a, a lot of folks, their issues rise to the surface, and that's the thing you want to teach people about and give away. You want to give away knowledge and give away help. John Fisher recommended a great book uh, to his mastermind group. It's called Story Brand by Donald Miller. And in that book, I, did the, I listened to the audio version, he talks about how we want to be not the hero of the story, but the guide. We want to be not Luke Skywalker, but Yoda. We don't want to be Harry Potter. We want to be Dumbledore. We want to be showing the path that they need to take to get to where they want to be. All right. So we're going to open up for questions after this last question. we got about 10 minutes left. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of finding a voice. I suppose it's the opposite of being boring, but talk about the importance of having a particular point of view. It's good to be semi-controversial, maybe just not vanilla. You know, like, so for me, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk about, if you, if you can have this kind of like us versus them mentality, it works really well because, you know, putting kind of like, you'll, you'll form almost like a tribe. So I kind of throw rocks at other marketing companies and, and people that give bad information. For my clients, personal injury attorneys, for example, actually go back to the motorcycle example. One thing that we, one message that we try to get across is that how they're always fighting insurance companies who are trying to say that no matter what the circumstances of the accidents are, they always say it's the motorcycle rider's fault because of the fact that they say that they knew riding a motorcycle is dangerous, so we shouldn't have to pay them. And I tell them to really harp on that type of thing because anyone that rides a motorcycle is going to be outraged by that and they're going to get on your side and it kind of creates this like rallying effect, you know? So creating a voice is good. Having an opinion is good. Obviously, you know, I mean, it's like you can't go too far to the left or too far to the right because then you'll alienate a lot of people, which actually isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're 
you know, if you're like really, really, really into the Second Amendment, you'll probably alienate an entire group of people on the left. But you'll also, the people that are really, really into the Second Amendment also, they will follow you even harder, you know. So what I try to do is I kind of take the guide approach where basically I'm just trying to let people know who I am. I'm pretty much, the guy you see in the videos is who I am. I'm just here to help people. And, and that's what I think a lot of people that actually get up there and create a lot of content, the ones that really do, do, do a lot of content, the ones that are really successful are the ones that genuinely want to help people. So, you know, when you start doing that, you start kind of building your own voice. And like, I, when I look at my, my videos from a year ago, I mean, I can't even watch them. They're so bad. <laughs> but the reality is, is that you have to keep going. You have to get through being uncomfortable on camera. And you have to understand that you're going to suck at first. But eventually, you know, there's very few things that you do over and over and over again that you get worse at, you know. So, you know, I still don't think I'm great, but I'm effective enough that, that it works for me. And, it, and I am who I am, you know. So that's how you kind of build that up is you just build it up by doing it and having an opinion on something. And then people will latch onto that opinion and then they'll start following you. I made a decision with immigration that I was going to piss off 50% of the people. If I didn't do that, I would have, I'd have the most milquetoast content that you'd ever want to see. No one would want to read it. It'd be boring and bland. And my, Kent and I let loose a video last fall about Donald Trump and some immigration thing that he was making. And we had 252 comments and 80,000 views in a, a week. And, and I don't say that to brag. I say that because it's because we took a position and most of the comments were negative, but YouTube doesn't know that. YouTube doesn't, YouTube just sees the interaction. They don't know that you're getting this hate response. It's just as good as getting love response. So that's a really important thing. Gary or Annika? I was just gonna say, when it comes to voice, one, go back and remember to create your own message, like create your own identity as, a, as an attorney and an entrepreneur, but two, you always have that one friend who's like the connector, right? They always know everybody and they're always welcoming to everyone and they, if they hear about somebody who has a problem, they think about another friend that might be able to help and they kind of bring the community together and they bring their circles together. It's kind of a good approach to have with email marketing. Highlight your favorite, you know, business owners, highlight your favorite pizza joint, highlight your favorite cupcake shop, highlight all the different things going on in your life and you'd be shocked at some of the relationships that end up coming up and end up turning into referral sources. And just one thing I wanted to add real quickly is your guys' lists have a lot of value. So if you are talking about um, some of your favorite places around town, your, those companies and those small businesses, they're in the same boats that we are. They don't have huge marketing budgets. They don't really know where, where to start. So if you go out to somebody, Jillian Todd does an amazing job of this down in Atlanta. She highlights the local people in her community and they are thrilled. You know, in tiny little Jonesboro, Georgia, they don't have $1,000 to create a TV commercial, nor would anybody really pay attention if they did. But if she approaches them and says, hey, can I highlight you in my, in my newsletter, in my e-newsletter? These people are just, they're honored. So it kind of puts her in a position of, of a connector, and she's Great. just graciously offering the value of that huge audience that she's already built up through her clients and colleagues. That's great. Gary, anything on voice? Don't be afraid to find it. Don't be afraid to stumble. Uh, and it, it's, not, it's finding your own voice on what hat are you going to wear. We wear different hats as lawyers. What hat are you going to wear? Learn your voice on your jokes. I try to be funny. I try to be dry. You're I, usually not. And, and I learned that from Jim. Uh, I'm hilarious. Um, <laughs> don't ask my kids. 
So I, I put a tray, I put a hike that I did the other day. So I do that stuff too. I talk about other businesses. I talk about other lawyers or other people we like. I talk about news stories. So just your, your voice can be varied, but don't be afraid of it. But the other thing too is it's hard. You want to have people like Jim or whoever your people are to get your e-newsletter and email you back and say, you know what, on that one, you went over the line. Because I also go over the line. You're, you know, I think I'm hilarious, but, um, you know, cause Steve Martin said comedy is not pretty, right? So, you know, so, but maybe you'd go over the board. Maybe you go over on the Second Amendment issue. But you can talk about it. So you need to have people to keep you in the lane. And so what do you, how did you find your voice? I know what you did with immigration. Did you have your wife telling you too much or little, or what'd you have? Because I know I've emailed you sometime and I said- I've gone too far sometimes, for yeah. sure. And, we all, and it's, clients yeah, have getting, let me know. It's, it's interesting when you have people on your email list who are married to an immigrant who don't see how current immigration policies affect them. So a lot of those people will write back to me sort of mad and I laugh and say, okay. I'm friends with a lot of defense lawyers and they know. And so anyway, there's, yeah. but you create a conversation and there are two sides to all these issues, many of the issues. All right, we got about five minutes left. Does anybody have any email marketing questions for the panel? Yeah, Josh. Story brand, brand by Donald Miller. Right behind him. Yeah. Email marketing program. I MailChimp think, is yeah. really helpful. I would um, start real basically. You can get it almost for free. MailChimp's cheap. Um, just until you start building that list and then just go from there. One thing you have to, when you're looking at figuring out which, which company to use, some companies require you to have some sort of verification that all the people on your list have, in fact, opted in. So you have to send an initial email. They opt in. Then they're like on the list. MailChimp doesn't require you to do that, but be honest with your list. You know, don't buy lists if you can avoid it. So use MailChimp to start, because you can, if you dump everything in MailChimp, and then you, and then a lot of those people unsubscribe and stuff, then you can go to an Infusionsoft or another program. You get, to, Infusionsoft and other places use different servers to send out the emails and then those servers and those IP address get tagged as spam. There are some law firms that don't get my, will not take a personal email from me because my burgerlaw.com is tagged as spam. So, but, but they get around it and they move it and stuff. So there, there's that issue. Can I, and then one thing about my voice, I put together, one of the books on my website is I put together two years of my email newsletters. I put them into a book and I put them on a newsletter. So if you want to steal from me and how I structure it and different messages and stuff, if you go to burgerlaw.com, I have a, it's, a, it's, it's called client success stories because that's what my emails are. Like you've said, they're all client success stories. So if you wanted to get some voice and content and other ideas, there's two years of emails uh, in that book. So I agree. MailChimp is really good. It's a really basic one. I actually like ActiveCampaign because ActiveCampaign it's as powerful as, as Infusionsoft, almost as powerful as Infusionsoft, but you don't need a programming degree to figure out how to use it. Um, so you can start with very, very basic uh, stuff with ActiveCampaign, and you can kind of work your way up as you kind of ease yourself into, you know, internet marketing. But MailChimp, like if you just want basic emails, MailChimp's good. If you're looking for something to maybe grow a little bit and want it to, some of those advanced tagging features and automations, then ActiveCampaign would probably be a good thing. We have time for one more question. Yeah, Mitch. Uh, I do not use, what do you say, it's called BombBomb? Mm -hmm. No, I've never actually used that. What I do is I, every, every email I have 
for the, I mean, like 99% of my emails are trying to get you to watch a video. Um, what I do is I take a screenshot of the player in the video. Like, I'll go to YouTube, I'll actually take a screenshot with the play button and the play bar below it, and I'll insert that as an image in line of the email, and then when they click it, it takes them to the video. So, because most people, because you can't, as far as I know, you can't insert a video, a video that actually plays in the email, but uh, I like having that there because people think that you can watch a video in the email, so then they click on it, and then it takes them to wherever the video actually is, rather than just having a link. Just real quick here. BombBomb, for those of you who don't know, it's a software that allows you to create a video message, email it to someone, and what it, the cool thing about it is it sends this, like, what is it, five-second GIF, and it sort of shows you that, that, they're tr- that you're trying to talk to them, and it gets really good interaction. I've used it. I haven't used it in campaigns, does it, it play, but... I, does it play in the email? Yeah, it does. Oh, so it's a GIF and it plays in the email? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to look into yeah. that. I use Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft uh, plays video. Mitch, I put in videos. At le- almost every email I do now are videos, mostly of clients. I do. You want? Here's my, uh, here's my hack. I, whenever I have a client, I'm giving out a settlement check. I Facebook Live it. We sit there and talk, and I say, what was your experience? What was your challenges? What did you go through? And it ends up being the same issues Annika was talking about. I put it up on YouTube, and then we tag it there, and then it ends up being going, it goes on my website and my client's success stories, and it also goes in an email. It goes one, it, it, somewhere in my email. Annika, you get the last word. So Friday Fives, Don and Edith always do a video every single week. Um, we upload it to YouTube. but. The thumbnail that we choose for the video, you know, you don't want somebody's face that's like this. You want something that's interesting. So if we can't, you know, get a good thumbnail, we'll design something in Canva and just put that up there. But we've gotten a lot of good response from, they always do Friday five and they high five. And sometimes if we have like the high five in there or one time, um, Edith was, or Don was in a sombrero and Edith was in, you know, just like the um, Cinco de Mayo gear. So anything that's just, you know, interesting and not always just them sitting in front of a camera always gets a little bit more interactive. Pattern interrupt, like Andy said in his talk. All right. Thanks, everybody. That's it for that. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.